Well, good morning. Oh, we can try that again. Let's try it again. You can do better. Good morning. Man, thank you. Thank you. Pastor Tim is out of town today, and uh, I'm going to be bringing the word uh, to you. Man, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Pastor Tim for allowing me to bring the, the message today, but also as a person and as a pastor. I don't know if you know him, and uh, we moved here from North Carolina about six months ago, and the last six months, I have been able to work uh, with him. I've been able to see him up close, and I'll tell you, we have an awesome, awesome pastor. He is, he's got a great heart. He is an incredible leader, and I can, I can honestly tell you that today, I, I am a better father because of him. I've done something with my kids that I've seen him do with his kids. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, man, I am a better, I'm a better husband because of him. And I'm just so thankful. If you don't know him, if you just come and you hear him preach, man, he's a great communicator. But he's an amazing, amazing servant of God. He's got a, a yeah, you guys give it up for Pastor Tim. I hope that, I hope that, you, um, uh, that you pray for him, encourage him daily, pray for him. Daily, it's not easy leading a, a church like Momentum. It's a uh, with the, the size of Momentum, I should say. It's a it's an incredible privilege. But um, one of the things that we were talking about is Easter is coming up. Does anybody know when Easter is? April the fifth. Yes, yes. So April the fifth. So we have about two weeks um, till we get there, and we want to take a journey. Okay, the next couple of weeks, we're actually taking a little journey all the way up to the cross. And so that's what today is all about. And I don't know if you know, but we actually beginning this Easter, we will have, does anybody know how many? Five gatherings. Isn't that crazy? We're like, we're turning three. We're just turning three, right? We're a little tuttler. And, um, and we will have five gatherings. God is just using momentum. This is not just a church. It's a movement of God. And so let me tell you a little bit about what the five gatherings. The very first one will be at A30. It will be here. Gulf Breeze, and, um, and then if you come here into the 9 or the 11 o'clock gathering, I want to challenge you to move to the A30 gathering, okay? Most people, first time uh, guests, will, they'll come to the later gatherings, so I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you to come to the A31 and uh, bring your family, and then maybe you can use the rest of the day to, um, to uh, maybe at the beach or whatever you want to do, so come experience momentum and then hang out with the family. The second gathering will be at 10, and that will happen both here at Gulf Breeze and in Navarre, and so we're super excited about that, and then the last one will be at 11.30, both here in Gulf Breeze and also in Navarre. I want to I encourage you to, um, to bring a friend, be a bringer. I want to encourage you. Easter is the one time of the year, Easter and Christmas, the two times out of the year that people will not Say no to you about coming to church. So it's huge. We want to encourage you to be here. If you're following us online, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're a part of Momentum. If you're in town, if you're in the Gulf Breeze area or Navarre area, we'd love for you to experience Momentum live. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So as we begin today... I want you to say a, a statement with me, and uh, whether you've been here maybe a year or two or a week or two, I want you to just say this st- statement, this sentence, and um, I want us to wrestle with it, okay? 
I want us just to think about it. Whether you believe it or not, okay, I want you to really think about it and, uh, and see maybe what the outcome is at the end of the message. All right, all right so I'm going to break it up. You repeat after me, okay? We'll say it out loud. Salvation is free. Can you guys say that? Salvation? It cost me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. Man, you guys are so good. Let's say it one more time. Salvation is free. It cost me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. All right, good job, good job. You know, could it be that that's a dilemma that we face in Christianity? Salvation is free, it costs me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. Could it be that we're sending mixed messages to our community? Could that be the case? Have you ever, have you ever seen a store and then on the outside maybe there is a huge sign, you know, on sale, 75% off, 95% off. And then you go in and it's like, Man, this is crazy. These prizes. You know, this is, this is insane. And you feel like, man, the, the prizes, they either have they've been raised or something. But, yeah, they're giving you 95% off, but this stuff is still going to cost you. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever, um, have you ever seen this? Let's, let's look at it on the screen. I saw this this last week. Man, I've been trying to work out. Um, let's put this next picture on the screen. Um, lose up to 30 pounds without what? Yeah, that's crazy. I saw that and I was like, man, I would love that. Wouldn't you love that? If you could just, you know, just, just eat whatever you want, you know, do whatever you want, you know, and still lose 30 pounds. Now, you and I, we know a little bit better, right? Yeah, right. That's not going to happen, you know. This particular company, and I'm not saying any names, but this particular company, they have, they have made over $360 million in the last last few years now they're getting in trouble uh, because uh, obviously you cannot you cannot lose 30 pounds and not exercise not do any dieting and of course they'll charge you it's just for a small fee of 59.99 that's what you'll pay plus shipping and handling you know how much the shipping and handling is 69 dollars 69 dollars you know could it be that christianity is like that we're kind of sending mixed messages out there it's like we have this big sign out the door that says big red letters that says free and then small little letters underneath it's a it's got the small print you know and i wonder if people are turned off i wonder if religion turns them off because of all the rules and all the regulations and I wonder if people are not connected to the faith because of that. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, and there's no doubt, there's a ton of rules, right? There's over 600 rules in the Old Testament. And um, there's a rule that, man, if your teenage boy is rebelling, he's like, he's being rebellious, you could literally take him to the city council and they could literally stone them, okay? That's crazy, you know? I mean, talk about, you know, talking about, putting the fear of God in their lives, right? But that's in the Bible. You know, you fast forward into the New Testament and there's not as many rules, but there's a lot of principles. There's a lot of things that the New Testament talks about. It talks about uh, morality, what you should do and what you should not do. It talks about your marriage. 
What, um, how, how do you uh, spend your money? I mean, you, the New Testament is packed with stuff uh, about purity, what you're supposed to do, the way you're supposed to treat other people. And so if you're like me, maybe, maybe you're thinking, man, I'll take the free gift. I'll take, I'll, I'll take the, the, the fire insurance, but I'm not really sure that I want the other stuff. You know, I'll take the grace, but I'm not really sure that I want to put the work that it takes. And it's kind of like this ad. I saw this ad. Let's put that on the, on the, the screen. This lady, she um, put this ad on the newspaper, and to the left, you see a picture of her cat, right? And it says, it says on, I don't know if you can read that, it says, beautiful six-month-old kitten, playful, friendly, very affectionate. Ideal for family with kids. Man, it's perfect, right? Next to the picture of her cat, she puts a picture of her husband. And she says, handsome, 32-year-old husband, personable, funny, good job. But he does not like cats. Says he goes or the cat goes. Call Jennifer. Come see both and decide which one you like. (laughs) I saw that and it's like, man. Is it? Could it be? Could it be that that's how we are? That that's how Christianity is. Man, I will take that. Yeah, I like that, but I'm not sure I want that. I'll take, I'll uh, I'll take salvation, but I'm not really sure I want to get dunked. Right? I don't want to get baptized. Man, what what in the world? You know, I don't want to do that. I, I will I will I will do this, but not that. I will. I will, I'll take the, the grace from God. I'll take his forgiveness. But getting up on a Sunday morning to serve the church of Jesus Christ, the church that he died for, uh, I don't know. Man, 7 o'clock, 5, some people were here at 5 in, in the morning today setting this up. They're like, oh, man, that's just crazy. I'm not really sure I'm there. Why is that? That's because salvation is free. It costs me nothing. But following Jesus will always cost you something. Now, here's, here's the beauty of it. That, it's, it is like that for all of us. Whether you are, you're the lead pastor, you're a student pastor, whether you're a campus pastor, whether you are two years, three years, four years old, you're 40 years old, it is, regardless of your age, we all struggle with this, this idea of giving something up. To God. So I was like, man, God, I don't, I'm not really sure that I want to give you this one thing. This is mine. This belongs to me. I'm giving you that and I'm giving you that, but this is mine. And the truth is that we all struggle with it. We all stro- struggle with the thought of giving something up because we, the truth is we are afraid that if we give something up, we're not sure if, if it's going to be filled back up. We, like that emptiness, like that, I give that and then Will God really, will he really actually do what he says? Will he fill me back up? And so we're looking at a story today in Luke chapter 5. Powerful, powerful story. Where Jesus comes up to this man. And he will ask him to do something that was so challenging. Okay, it was, it was more than challenging. It was not even culturally relevant. What Jesus is going to ask this man it was, it was wild, it was crazy, it, it, was not, it did not make any sense. I mean, nobody in their right mind would know why Jesus would be asking this man to do what he was asking him to do. And I want you to look at it. And what, what I want us to do is I want us to, to see what he does, 
what this man does. And I want us to see the outcome of it. Okay? So we're in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, One day, as Jesus was preaching, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Okay, so I want you to kind of get the idea of what's happening. All right, it's probably very early in the morning. This could have been a sunrise, uh, a Sunday, uh, um, a service in the morning, a gathering. um, Let me back up. Sunrise, Sunday morning gathering. Um, It could have been, it could have been, Right, right as people are, as the sunrise is going up. And what we know is that, that the people are pushing against Jesus. As he's teaching, as he's preaching, everybody's pushing in. Now remember, there were no sound systems, there were no microphones. So they wanted to hear what he was saying. And as they're pushing up against him, they're, he's backing up, backing up the Sea of Galilee's behind him. And he essentially has to get on a boat, okay? And... Um, Basically, in a few minutes, we're going to see that there are a few fishermen there. One of them is Peter. Peter is one of the owners of the boat. And for him, this was just, just a no- normal day, a routine day. It was, there was nothing extraordinary about it. It was just an ordinary day. Um, he, was, he was born into this business. He was a fisherman. That's what he was, Okay. So he would get up in the morning, he would do this thing, you know, he would fish all night long, and then he would come back, and they were actually fishing, basically, they were, they were cleaning up all the nets, they were, you know, finishing up with, basically, cleaning the boat, and so just a normal day for him, you know, for Peter, he never, he never, um, he never grew up saying, when I, when I grow up, I'm gonna be this, or I'm gonna be that, no, he was, his parents were, and that into that business, he was a fisherman by trade. You know, all of that knowledge had been passed down from generation to generation. So for him, just a normal day, he was listening. He was long night of work. He was finishing things up, and then this what happens. Verse three it says, "Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon." Anytime we see Simon, that's we're talking about. About Peter, Simon Peter. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon Peter, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now hear what he says next. it's, It's crazy. It's not culturally relevant. It doesn't make sense. This is what he says. Now go out where where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I let down the nets. Now, I want you to put yourself in in Peter's uh, shoes, okay? Okay, so Jesus was a carpenter, right? That's what Joseph probably taught him to do by trade, and that's the way it was done in that day and age. You know, Peter could have said, Jesus, look, I'm the fisherman. I know the time, and this is not, you know, this is not the time to, to go out. You know, I've been, I've been out there all night long. He, I mean, G, uh, Peter could have said, man, my reputation is at stake. Look at all these hundreds of people out here. They're going to see me going out there, and they're going to think, you are crazy. 
You're out of your mind. Everybody's actually, all the fishermen are going home. He could have said, he could have said, Jesus, you know what? I'm tired. I want to spend time with my family. I have to be back tonight. I have a, a, another long night ahead of me. I got to make up for lost revenue. And uh, I'm not really sure that I want to do this. So do you feel that kind of that frustration? It's my time, my reputation, my family. I don't want to do this. Why should I do it again? Have you ever been there? Has that ever happened to you? Where it's like, okay, God, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is not going to work. You know, you know I, I don't know. We have, um, we have three kids. And um, at times, there's been years where we, uh, around Christmas time, where we do the whole Santa, the picture with Santa and all of that. And you, you have kids who probably can, you can relate. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we'll take the time to, we'll take the time to, um, to buy the right outfit for them, for the picture with Santa. And we make sure that, you know, we give them a bath and make sure that they eat the right thing and they're fed and you make sure you, you, that they, they're, you know, they're looking good. And if you've had kids, you know how it is. You, you fix their hair and man, they're ready to go. And you stand in line for like an hour because of the crowds. And then you end up with Santa, and this is what happens. Let's, let's put that on the screen. Has that ever happened? Have you ever seen that? The kid is going like crazy. Rah! It's like, I just want to get just one picture. And you feel frustrated. Has that ever happened to you? How about, how about this? If um, maybe, you're, maybe it's Easter, or maybe it's Mother's Day, or you're getting your kids ready, or there's a special, a special event at work, and you get them ready. They're all nice and good looking, and then something like this happens. Take a look at this one. I'm like, no! And you're frustrated. And you're like, I can't believe I've taken all the time to do this. What in the world? Or maybe it's something different. We can get that picture off. Uh, Maybe it's something different. I want to keep you with me here. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's, it's work-related, right? And you've worked on this project all night long, and then, and then you're away from family. You show it to your supervisor the next day, and he's like, no, nah, that's not going to cut it. You're going to have to redo the whole thing. And you're like, man, I can't believe I've done all that work for nothing. I think, I think that's how Peter felt. I feel, I feel like that was, that, that was his frustration. They've been fishing all night long. It's early in the morning. Jesus is preaching, and he says, all right, let's go back out. And Peter's like, no, I don't want to do that. And it took a lot of trust for him to say, okay, I'll just throw. I'll do it. I'll do it just this one time. And it's kind of like this. I need, a, an, I need a volunteer, somebody to help me out real quick. When I do this sort of things, it's kind of, um, would you mind coming over here and helping me out? Bring your purse real quick. Awesome. You guys give her a hand. Thank you so much. What's your name? Savannah. Savannah. All right. Savannah, just, just to ask you, because I don't want to, just want to make sure, I haven't talked to you about anything that's happening right here. Come, come this way real quick. Okay, I haven't asked you, I haven't talked to you about what's happening right now. This is not like stage, and you know, we've planned this together. Okay. I'm going to ask you to trust me, okay? And I promise you that if you trust me, you will be better off. Okay, by the end of the gathering, some of you guys that know me are like, oh, man, she's in trouble. Um, I promise you by the end of the gathering, you will be better off. But I, but you need to trust me. Okay. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you for a few items that you may have in your purse. Okay. 
maybe like a cell phone. Do you have a cell phone with you or some keys, car keys or a credit card or anything like that? Do you, do you bring any of that stuff with you? All right. So would you mind opening it? And I want, let's say, um, do you have, I don't know, do you have a cell phone? We'll just ask you for a cell phone. Awesome. Awesome. Now, here's the thing. And I'm going to give it back to you for a minute. Here's the thing. When you give that to me, you're giving me ownership of that item. Okay? So you got to trust me for this to work out. All right? If, it, if, it, if you don't trust me, it's going to ruin the whole message. Okay? So let's not, let's not go there. All right? <laughs> so when you give me that item, what you're saying, I'm not making you do it. You don't have to do it, but I'm asking you. Um, what you're saying by giving that item to me is that, you're gi- that basically you're giving me ownership of it. Okay? And I can keep it forever. Are we good? Okay, so can I have your phone? Of course. Say that again. Of course. Man, that sounded so good. Thank you. What else do you have in there? Man, this is a nice phone. What is this, an iPhone? Yes. Oh, awesome. Good deal. Do you have a credit card? Visa would work. Awesome. Check card. That's even better. Great. Leah's birthday is coming up. So this is mine. You're transferring ownership, Okay. Uh, what else do you have? Do you have some car keys or something? Or, okay, some sunglasses. No sunglasses. What else do you have in there? Uh, do you have, you know, you're not wearing a meal card. Nah? Okay, I'll take that. That's awesome. Okay. Um, that's good. You're not wearing any jewelry on you, okay? Leah's birthday's coming up, and so, you know, we're going to. Um, the, yeah, I'll take that. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you. Actually, you can come back up. <laughs> so I'm going to give this back to you. This is a nice cell phone I got right here, okay? I'm going to give it back to you because it belongs to me, yes. right? Yes. So it's mine. Yes. So I'm giving it back to you, okay? What do you say? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> awesome. You can have your purse too. I don't need a purse. <laughs> and then I told you you'd be better off, so I'm going to give you just a, a gift, gift card so you can take that out and, and eat. And so you guys give her a hand real quick. Thank you so much for your help. That's how it is in our relationship with God. He'll say, okay, give me your life. And you're like, and he may not even say, give me your life. You know, he may say more specific. And he said, give me that. And we're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure, you know, but here, I'm going to. And you have to trust that in the end, you're going to be better off. You have to trust. It's, it's that step. It's not religion. Okay, it's not the list, and that's a that's the thing about church. Uh, we've made it about the to do list. This you're supposed to do this, and supposed to do that. And that. Jesus says, "I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. I have come to give you freedom." So he didn't say, "I come to have control over you and to tie you down." No, 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 no. It says, "All things are permissible." That's what he says to you and to me. Now he follows that up with, "But not all things are good." Now, I want you to watch this. So Jesus asked Peter, he says, you know, I want you to throw the nets down. And let's see what happens. And Peter does. And, you know, even though he was frustrated, long night, and, you know, his family is at stake. The time he was, you know, the time that people are watching. And so this is what happens. Let's look in verse 6. Verse 6. It says, and this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to what? Let's say it nice and loud. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to? 
Very good. Now, these are not little itty-bitty nets. Okay, we're talking about commercial grade. We're talking about heavy-duty nets. This is what they use day in and day out. And they are tearing because there's so many fish. So much so that they have to go get some help. The Bible says, a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Again, these boats, we're not like, we're not talking about little boats that, you know, no, I mean, these are heavy duty. They're made to hold weight. They're made for this. And they are about to sink because they're catching so much fish. Now, watch what happens. Verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John and the sons, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. They couldn't believe what was happening. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be, what's the next word? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Are you afraid of what other people are thinking? Don't. Are you afraid of wasting your time? Are you afraid of your reputation? Are you afraid that what you're going to do is going to be a flop? Don't be afraid. He says, your creator is walking with you. And he says something that probably for Peter, he probably didn't even have a clue what this meant. He says, from now on, you will be fishing for people. I don't know that Peter really understood what that was about. Now watch this. If you don't get anything else, make sure you get this verse. This is the last verse. To me, this is crazy. It is just unbelievable. Verse 11, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I remember the first time I read that, I thought, what? They did what? I mean, that was four days worth of fish. I mean, this is a time when they should have come back. They should have come back and said, look what we've done. Look what happened to us. I mean, their business was booming. This was it. This was the time. Four days worth of fish. They could have, at the very least, they could have sold it and then go follow Jesus. You know, the, the, uh, the, there's a translation in Matthew that says that they left their father. They didn't even go back and say bye to their relatives, their family. They landed left it all, and left. Crazy. They had just hit the jackpot. Why is that? Why did they do that? Because they knew that salvation is free. It costs me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. But refusing to follow him will always cost me more. Salvation is free, cost me nothing. Following Jesus will cost me something. But refusing to follow him will always cost me more. You know, Peter had no idea what hung in the balance of the decision he was going to make. He was making at that point to trust Jesus. He had no idea what hung in the balance. Peter, he didn't know that there were going to be cathedrals named after him. He had no idea. 
Peter, Peter, he didn't know that there were going to be parents that were going to name their kids after him. You know, it wasn't like Jesus came up to Peter and said, hey, psst, Peter, come over here, buddy. Come over here. Listen, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to do this. And if you do it, you're going to be a part. You're going to be one of the 12. You're going to be one of the 12 disciples. Yeah. And you're going to walk with the Son of God, and you're going to see things that you never, Peter had no idea. Jesus never, he never came up to Peter and said, hey, psst, psst, come here, Peter. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a secret. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you do it, you will be not just one of the 12. You will be one of the three. You'll be part of the inner circle. You'll be one of those people that walks so close to the Son of Man. He had no idea. He didn't know that 2,000 plus years later, there were going to be people in a gathering like this looking at his life and studying him and figuring out how to do this. Peter had no idea what hung in the balance. He didn't know he was going to write a letter, first and second Peter. Just two letters, and those letters were going to put in a book that we call the Bible, and that book was going to be one of the most well-published books in the world best seller he had no idea what hung in the balance of the decision that he was making at that point he didn't know he was going to walk with jesus for three and a half years and at the end before right before the cross he was peter i don't know if you remember the story chopped up this man's soldier's ear and jesus basically picked it up and put it back on his head and healed him Peter had no idea what hung in the balance of the decisions he was making to trust him. And the truth is that we have no idea. We have no idea. When we say yes, when we follow him, we have no idea what's ultimately going to happen. So let me ask you today, what is, what is that one thing that you're holding dear to you? What's the one thing that you're, I'm not really sure, is it your job? That you're just holding on to you so close? Is it your kids? What's the one thing that God is asking you? And he's saying, you know what? Give it. Give it to me. And I promise you, you will be better off. You give it to me. I'll give it back to you. But it'll be be tenfold. Kind of reminds me of a story of a little girl, four-year-old girl, who was playing with her mom's decorations in it. Reminds me of our, our kids. We have three little ones. And there was a day when, uh, you know, my dad actually worked for a toy company. And so they had tons of toys and uh, more than we, need to, we knew what to do with. And, but our kids always play with the empty box. You know, they always play with the things they were not supposed to play with. And I remember Natalie, you know, just uh, our youngest daughter you know she's always getting into all the decorations and the stuff that she was not supposed to get into so there was this little girl four year old she was playing with her mom's vase very old very expensive vase and um, meant a lot to them because it had actually been passed down from her relatives and uh, for several generations and so it was not just of great value monetarily, but also sentimental value. You couldn't replace it. You know, it was very rare, very expensive, but it meant a lot to them. And this day, this girl, this little girl was playing with the, with the bass, and all of a sudden, she got her hand stuck in the vase. 
and she couldn't get it out. And so her mom tried to put some, some lotion or some, some lube and she couldn't get it out and they couldn't understand what in the world, what's happening? Why can't you get your arm out? Finally ended up calling the fire department. They sent some people. They put some other stuff, worked around her, her you know, for about an hour. And they said to, the mom said, reluctantly said, look, we're, sorry, we don't know what to tell you, but the only way is we're going to have to break the vase. It's the only way. I mean, she's hurting, you know. Um, it's been a while now. So they decided to go ahead, and there was no other option. They broke the vase, and they realized that the girl, the little girl, was actually making a fist. What? A fist? Why would you do that? And that's why she couldn't get her hand out. She was making a fist. And then they noticed that when she opened her hand, there was a penny. She had been playing with this penny, dropped it in the vase, reached out, grabbed it, and wouldn't let go. And so this morning I want to ask you, what is your penny? What's that penny that you're holding on to that's really not worth it, to be honest? What's the one thing that you're saying? Okay, God, I give you this. Salvation is free. It costs me nothing. It's not cheap. Jesus died a great. I mean, he gave his life for us, right? Salvation is free. It costs me nothing. Following Jesus will always cost me something. But refusing to follow him will cost you more. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you just take 10 seconds to tell him what it is that you're refusing to give him? Just take a minute to say whatever is on your heart. And maybe, maybe you're not ready to give it to him. Maybe you're like fighting it. And you're just like, God, I know that you've been, you've been telling me to do this, but I don't want to do it. And in your heart, you know your life is messy. In your own mind, you know, man, this is crazy. It's, it's just, you know, Jesus can take your mess and make beautiful things out of it. So maybe you're here and you're just checking us out. Maybe that's what you've been doing the last few months. Just checking things out. You're trying to figure out, okay, I don't know, is this a real deal or is this, you know. And you're not, you don't really believe in organized religion. You don't, we don't believe in organized religion either. Believe that religion binds us. What's it going to take for you to take that step of faith? What's it going to take for you to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm giving up my pride. I'm going to move it, remove it. God, I'm just going to come to you the way I am, and I'm giving you my life. The best of me, the worst of me, here, here it is. I'm giving you my penny. 
If that's you today, you know, the Bible says don't, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. If, if you hear his voice today, you know, let him work in your life. So maybe you're here and you've never taken that step of faith. We want to encourage you to do that. We're going to say a prayer. The prayer, Pastor Tim always says, the prayer doesn't save you. Prayer is just an attitude of your heart. So would you, would you say this prayer? We're all going to say it out loud to encourage those who, um, who are going to say it for the first time. Dear God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, today I give you my life. I receive your forgiveness. I give you my penny. And I'm letting go. The best way I know how, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to thank you. We pray in your precious name. Amen. With heads.